or something like that, you know. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Good morning, you're with Karen, accentuating the positive. I'm so excited to introduce you to Christina Stevens, who's in the studio with me. We're going to have a chat. I'll put on a song, but we'll just say good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, everyone. I've been grilling her while the news was on. (laughs) Where did you grow up and how old are you? (laughs) Did I go to school with you? (laughs) Because you're a Sydney girl, eastern suburb Sydney girl, grew up in the eastern suburbs. And uh, you're about my age and I'm thinking we probably met when we were young, but you never know. But she just tells me that she scooted off. She left the country when she was about 19. Yes, I knew. I knew from a very early age. When I was 11 years old, I told my family, I said, I'm going to America to live and they said isn't she cute isn't she cute <laughs> and then when I was um 19 I said okay I'm on my way bye-bye and they said oh she'll be back on the next boat or something like that you know and never did they had to come and visit me you never came back to live never... oh I did from time to time you when didn't... I needed to sort out some things for family things, like for you know? a couple of months or a year or so. exactly yeah. yes but yes. no long term no no you had itchy feet didn't you like a bull at a gate like get me out of there yeah. I want to it, see the world I, no it wasn't necessarily see the world I felt I really had something to do in this life uh-huh. and I had to do it from a larger purview uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I just didn't feel I could do it from here even though oh my goodness, Sydney is just, well, Australia, but Sydney is definitely one of the most exquisite cities in the entire world. It is, it is, but on the world stage, we are a very small population. So well, you're a long way away. Yeah, we're a long <laughs> way away and we're a very small population, but you wanted to contact the people. Like yes. Humanitarian. Yeah, en masse, yes. I like, I want to be out exactly. there. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, I get yeah, that. I had yeah. to do that, so. And you've been doing some incredible things. Christina is an award-winning filmmaker, best-selling author, environmental strategist, inspirational (laughs) speaker. Christina regularly speaks regularly at the United Nations on topics ranging from expanding consciousness. I'd like to hear about that, how you Mm. speak about that at the Mm -hmm. United Nations, to youth empowerment, to solutions for global sustainability and happiness. She's recently won the Hay House International Grand Prize for writing her memoirs, Love, The Saint and the Seeker, about your life-changing experiences, filming Mother Teresa. I've got a little film of, like a little snippet of Mother Teresa on your... It's the film I went there to actually make with her, which is called Revolution of Love. And you'll find it all over YouTube. you find it on my website, christinastevens.co. That's her message to the world. That she came to me in a dream mm. and said, if you wish to film me, I will let you, but you must come soon. Now, I'm not Catholic mm. and I knew nothing about Mother Teresa, but I recognized her with the three bands and the sari that she was wearing. And so um, when she said, but you must come soon, I took this as a call. And regardless of whatever my you know religious proclivities were, I went to Calcutta. I went and followed that dream. I followed that. So how long ago was that? Over 20 years ago. 20, 20 years It was ago. 1993. What were you doing at the time when she came to you? I home? was a very successful commercial filmmaker. I was a producer, director. I was making 
the big expensive television commercials for Coca-Cola and... Were you still spreading the love? Still out there as an ambassador for love? No, there wasn't a lot of love in my life. I was single. I've always been single, actually. I love being single. (laughs) But I lived on a a 15-acre ranch and, I mean, it looked like I had it all, but in fact I didn't. There was something missing Uh in me. Uh And I think that's why she came to me. And I think that's why I heard the call and why I I swept it up so enthusiastically and then took myself to India. I'm just trying to think of the circumstances of, you know, because most people who are successful Hollywood, you know, filmmakers do not have a dream about Mother Teresa and act on it. Now, that's the extraordinary part of this. I mean, the fact, you know, we could all dream about saints and and deities and but to actually listen to that and act on yes. it, that's the extraordinary part of this. That's why I'm saying were you spreading the love 20 years ago, were you? I, I w- I'm sure I was undergoing a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that was happening. But when I went to India and when I finally was able to meet Mother Teresa, which... I have to tell you, it took a long time because the day I was leaving, my secretary appeared in the doorway of my office. The car's outside waiting for me. The film had all been wrapped up in metal bags, you know, so that you couldn't, it couldn't be destroyed through all of the security. And she said, I have a fax here. I don't think you're going to want to read. And I said, well, then you read it to me. And she said, okay, well, it's from the Missionaries of Charity and it says, don't bother coming, don't bring your film crew, mother will not allow you to film. And I said, well, who signed that? Because I had called Mother Teresa on the phone and she had never said yes to me, but she always answered everything I said was, yes, God bless. Yes, God bless. Yes, God bless. And I knew that was not a yes, but she had said to me on the phone, oh, it would be good for a girl like you to come and work in my homes. Right. So uh, anyway, but the letter was from a sister Priscilla. And I said, well, you know, if Mother Teresa didn't sign that letter, I need to hear from her. She came to me in a dream. So I'm going to assume that I did not receive that letter. I've already left. So she wrapped up the letter and I, and I got in the car and I went off to India with this feeling of like, uh-oh, I mean, I've been told not to come and I'm coming anyway. Yeah, go girl. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But I still find it, it's extraordinary that you had so much weight on the dream and not on the physical circumstance. I mean, that's insight. I mean, that is insight. That is incredible insight Mm. for someone who was just awakening. So to Mm -hmm. listen to that calling, to act on it, even though someone's saying, don't come. Right. You know, most people would not And everyone I was working with said, Christina, you're crazy. Crazy. What are you doing? You're going to India? We've got a two million job that's coming in. Yeah. You know, and you're like, you're jeopardizing our business by just picking up and going to the black hole of Calcutta to make a film on this woman that's told you you can't come. Yeah. My God, you're crazy. You're nuts. Yeah. So, yes. Fabulous. Follow your passion because it changes the world. Yes, well, it changed my world, that's for sure. Changed your world and you're changing the world. We were talking before I asked you why did you leave Australia so early and you said because I wanted the world stage. You know, I wanted to speak. I felt like I had something to do in this life. I didn't know what. Yes. But I wanted to be a little bit bigger than what Australia had to offer and uh, go girl. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't easy, I have to say. I, You know, I left family. Mm. Uh, I left people I loved very much mm-hmm. and, and I went off by myself. Yeah, young, 19. Yeah, I didn't go with a group of girlfriends or anything like that. I right. just packed my bags and said, I'm going. Yeah. Bye. 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 Didn't really know where you were I going. I had no idea. First I went to London. You know, we had some family friends in London. So 
they were all alerted to take care of me if I fell down. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they didn't need to do that. I could. I always hit the ground running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hit the ground running. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you go off to India um, on a dream. Mother Teresa is calling. Yes. Even though the other mother, what was her name? Oh, oh Sister Priscilla. Sister Priscilla. Oh, yes. No, no, no. I turned up. Mother Teresa wasn't even in the country at the time. Uh-huh. And I had already prepaid my film crew. I had to get a film crew from Bombay. I worked only in 35 millimeter. I mean, I made, as I said, I made the big television commercials and I worked with 30... 30- I mean, it's not like today you can go film someone with your little iPhone. iPhone. Mm. Uh, You know, this was a film crew, an actual Kodak film and a crew. I mean, I needed a crew of about five or six people to do what I needed to do. So I went to Bombay first, hired them and then went and prepaid everything, all planned because I was going to film the Dalai Lama following Mother Teresa. So I I had a really definite schedule that I had to meet. And then I went to Calcutta for a week to set up and organize Mother Teresa and then they were to follow. And that was the plan. But when I landed, I go to the mother house and Mother Teresa wasn't even in the country. And I said, well, where is she? And they said, oh, well, we don't know. And I said, well, when will she be back? And they said, oh, you know, Mother, because this is what Mother Teresa says, you know, I'm like a pencil in God's hands. He does the thinking. He does the writing. The pencil has only to be allowed to be used. So there she was writing herself around the world somewhere. So my star wasn't in the country. So I did what she advised me to do. I went and I volunteered in her homes. First at her orphanage where I learned so many amazing things. When I first arrived, as I told you, I've never married. I haven't had children. And one of the sisters puts a baby in my hands. But I didn't know what it was. It was all wrapped up in swaddling. So I unwrapped the swaddling and there's this little being, almost a torso with no arms, no legs, pinpricks for their ears and rather blind. But this baby was just loving me holding it, just loving it. And I I got my first hit of what love really was Mm. with that little baby in my arms. Mm. Oh, look, absolutely. I would imagine that you had the most incredible experiences over there. Yes. I'm just reading, your book looks amazing. I guess we'll find out all about it when we read the book. Mm -hmm. One of the chapters, chapter nine, Heal the Invisible, it's called. There's a quote here, when you touch the dying, you will learn lessons you can never find in a book, lessons you will never forget. Uh, The second place I volunteered at was Mother's Home for the Dying in Caligat. Yes, the lessons you learn there because you're touching women who are on their way out. Mm, We're going to hear more about this fascinating story coming up. Speaking with Christina Stevens. Stay tuned. I can hear a heartbeat from a thousand miles And the heavens open up Every time she smiles And when I come to her That is where I belong And I'm running through her Like a river song She gives me love, 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 love Crazy love She gives me love We've got the wonderful and fabulous Christina Stevens in the studio, Australian-born. She's a filmmaker and a changemaker and uh, 
and interrupter and <laughs> shaking it up here, <laughs> shaking it up out there, speaks mm-hmm. to the United Nations. She's just written this fabulous book called Love, The Saint and the Seeker, all about her memoirs. And uh, we've been talking about her being called to go to India to film Mother Teresa and the work that she was doing over there. I want to just read something from the book. This is Chapter 8. It says, There are no chance meetings or happy accidents. When a certain soul has been placed in your way, it has been orchestrated by a higher power. Let your conscience guide what you then must do. There are no... Mm. Happy accidents. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Travelling the world, I've found that to be supremely true. Yeah. 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 Yes. Law of attraction, have a desire. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yes. then life will put the people mm-hmm. in front of you. Mm-hmm. You asked for it. Here they are, sometimes mm-hmm. as great lessons, sometimes as traumatic lessons. Yes. So I want to feel more loving. I want to feel more love. Go work in <laughs> India. Yes, yes. The and there was I in her home for the dying, which, uh, oh, my goodness, what I learned there, you will never learn in a book. But I hope I have conveyed as much as possible because this is my memoir and so this is my journey and this is the journey that I took there. But there's also a certain alchemy because, you know, this book took me 20 years to write Mm. because when I left Mother Teresa, she gave me a ring and she said, when you write, now she didn't know me as a writer, she knew me as a woman with a film crew, Mm. but she said, when you write, wear this ring and God will write through you. Mm. No pressure. <laughs> oh, well, so I, you know, had to begin to believe that to be true. And yeah. I had a long journey to go before I said, uh-huh, this book is now ready to go out. Mm. Long time. When did you start writing the book? I wrote it almost immediately when I came back from India. Okay. And I got a publishing contract. Right. But what I wrote was this happened and that happened and that happened. And it's a it's an amazing story, the story of me going there and then it all unfolding. And then her giving me permission to make this film with her. But there was something else. There were many other layers that needed to go into this because the reason she wanted me to write this book was she wanted me to write my story so that a reader would gather their story as they read mine. It wasn't for me to put my story down. It was for the reader to take their own journey as they journeyed with me Mm. and their journey into the loving. Absolutely. That's why I put people on radio to hear their story of journeying into the loving. Yes. So tell us a bit about your journey into the loving. When you turned up in India 20 years ago, maybe you're a career girl, but you said you felt... Oh, yes. Hey, I I was, you know, I was a producer. I was a Hollywood producer. Mm. I didn't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Tough. Were you tough? Oh, a tough little cookie. Absolutely. Mm, I mean, you know, I I had big, big men saying, yes, boss, you know, whatever I would say. You know, when you're a director, everyone looks to you. You have to think on your feet. You are in charge of maybe a crew of 60. The cost is something like $150,000 a day. That's without sets or anything like that. That's just with crew. You cannot waste a minute of that. So you really have to be on top of your game constantly. Mm. Mm. Yes. So I was a tough little cookie, but the minute I got with Mother Teresa and she said, no, I did the most unprofessional thing. I burst into tears and she could not bear to see me in tears because we had this very intense relationship. It was very, very clear. She had me wait outside her office. We had three private meetings and every time 
I waited and waited and waited and waited. Sister Priscilla would come through and clear everyone away. The first day there was a, a Japanese crew sitting beside me, two producers going, okay, and I'll say this and then you say that and then we'll get... And Sister Priscilla came through and said, no, no, Mother will not have that. We, no, we won't have that. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And they said, but we've come from Japan. She said, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And she would just clear people out. But I sat there and I willed myself invisible and Sister Priscilla never once came over to me. And I was left sitting there. Mother Teresa would come out and she would handle whoever was still left on the benches outside her office. And then she would look at me and turn on her heels and go back into her office. And I thought, <laughs> hello, am I, am I too good with wishing myself invisible? But I would sit there and sit there and I swear I wasn't waiting for her. She was waiting for me mm. to be ready mm. to meet with her. And our greeting the first day and every other day after that was she'd float through this white gauze curtain that separated her office from where the waiting room was, which was actually a bridge on the second floor. And she said, ah, oh, you wait so long. And I said, oh, mother, I would wait for you forever. And this became our greeting. And it was as if we'd said these words many times before. Right. We did have this very strong relationship. I mean, it was no accident that she came to me in a dream. Mm. I knew this soul from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Sacred contract between the two of you. Yes. So how long did it actually take you to get an audience with her? Well, when she arrived back in the country, finally, I should have realised it was Easter, you mm. see. And the unusual thing was I had made a very strong relationship with someone in the house for dying. And she passed. And on the day that I got into the white van that takes us all back to the mother house, that's where we start out in the mornings, that's where volunteers start out and that's where they take you back at noontime. Grace, the, the one that I had made a very wonderful connection with, she was wrapped in cloth and she, and she was in the van. They then delivered the bodies to the burning ghats and the Ganges. Mm. So I got out of the white van and I, it clicked behind me and, and then suddenly another white van pulled up right behind it and the door clicked open. The streets of Calcutta are chaotic at yeah. the easiest and we were on an eight-lane highway. The mother house sits on an eight-lane highway. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So what happens was I hear a white van pull up behind me, the door clicks open and the chaos just suddenly went still. It just stopped beggar woman beside me fell to her knees. I turned around to see what was going on. And this little hand came up to my forehead and said, God bless you. And she swept into the mother house. It was the day before Good Friday. She was home. And we stopped outside. We were standing outside the mother house and we could hear all the hundreds of sisters saying, mother's home. She's back. She's back. She's back. And then they all broke out into song. And it was the most exquisite moment. Amazing human being, amazing human being. Yes. To have that vision and that strength and that power to get that done. It just I'm oh. just I'm just tuning into her like she's just incredible. She started with nothing. Just absolutely nothing all alone on the a, streets picking up the sick and the dying. Incredible. Incredible. You've had an amazing life, an amazing life living overseas, travelling the world, making yes, films. I came from a theatrical family here in Sydney. You know, my mother was quite a famous little star, baby Peggy. It was a very disjointed and not a, not a wonderful home life. So I, I knew very little about love. 
But when I went to India, and who knew? I, I had no idea that, that I was going to learn about love. And that was the big lesson that I was going to gather from her. And it was so interesting. You know, I told you I had three private meetings with her and I broke down in tears every time in her presence because to, to be with her was like, uh, it was like being bathed in the truth. And she kept saying no to me. Every time she'd say no, she'd say, I say no to kings, I say no to countries, I cannot say yes to you. And then she'd say, oh no, it is forbidden. You know, I mean, my gosh. There had been two sisters who made a film with her and she sent them off to the Vatican and it took them five years to get permission. Well, I didn't have five years. <laughs> I had just a couple of days before my film crew were arriving and then we were on our way to film the Dalai Lama. She had said no to me three times. And then finally I gave up. I said, you know what? I've gotten what I came here. To. I didn't need to come and get a piece of film of her. I got it. I got being in her presence. I got understanding. I got working in her homes. I got understanding who she was and what, how she activated this love in her energy force, in her mm. force field, mm. that when you stepped into that force field, you were blessed and transformed and bathed in this. And so I let go of it. And the odd thing was something happened because through all her nose on that third meeting and I'd let go of letting go almost mm. and I was just sitting there just like enjoying her. We kind of traded places. She stepped into me and I stepped into her and I don't know how long this was because there we were sitting, you know, on the bench holding hands, looking into each other's eyes and then when we came back to it, I said, Mother, I cannot do what you do. And she said, I know. And I cannot do what you do. But together, we shall do something beautiful for God. And I went, are you saying that? And she looked at me and she had this twinkle in her eye, this naughty little look in her eye. And she said, yes. I went, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, look, it's a big film crew, you know. I mean, I'll only spend 15 minutes and and they're men and they've got a big camera and we'll come tomorrow. She said, okay. She said, you go talk to Sister Priscilla. And I made had this look on my face. Oh, no, not, and, Sister, no, not Sister Priscilla. And she said, well, is there another sister you would like to work with? I said, oh, yes, Sister Josmer. I knew another <laughs> sister downstairs. And she said, okay, you go tell her. I'll see you here tomorrow at two o'clock. Mm. And so I go down to Sister Josima. I say, Sister Josima, Mother said I could film her. And she looked at me like, oh, you poor girl. Oh, dear. And she said, oh, no, you're mis you've misunderstood her. And I said, no, no, no. She actually said, she said I could film her. I told her. I talked to her about the big camera and the crew. And she said, oh. I mean, she really felt bad for me. And I kind of shook a little going, did I imagine that? I'm not sure. So anyway, so I said, no, no, I'll be back here tomorrow. I said, you go talk to her. We'll be here tomorrow at two. You know, so tomorrow at two, there I am with the crew outside the door. And I thought, Sister Josma is going to open that big door and go, I told you so. <laughs> but no, no, no. They opened the door. All these sisters were there. They welcomed us in and we made the film. Look, I think you were one of the only people to ever get her on film, weren't you? I don't think yes, she allowed the, no, she anyone didn't. to film her. There were a few people throughout history. She didn't like cameras. She thought cameras, like the, the American Indians feel, you know, cameras kind of take away a piece of your soul. Oh, right. she, she felt that they actually played into your ego and she didn't like that. Ah. It was not something that she... Played she into wanted, your ego, no. yeah. Yes. So she was just so not about ego. No. Mm -mm. She was about love and service. Yes. I've got it. I've got this little bit. I'm just going to play a little snippet of that film. Okay. That Excellent. you did with her. Mm -hmm. 
let us begin the revolution of love. The joy of loving is in the joy of sharing. When my poor people are hungry for bread, I give them the piece of bread and I've solved that difficulty. But when they are hungry for love, lonely, unwanted, unloved, it takes very, very tender, compassionate understanding and love. And especially the suffering, the hungry, the naked, the homeless, they are all over the world. Like one man I picked up from the street, he said, I have lived like an animal, but I'm going to die like an angel. And he died with the most beautiful smile on his face because he had been loved to the end. And where does this love begin? In our own family. And it's something so beautiful that love begins at home and that can spread like a burning fire from house to house. And by loving one another, we will spread throughout the world peace, joy, unity, and love. It's a real revolution. I call it a revolution of love. Just so beautiful, a revolution of love. Yes, yes, and the title at the end of that says, love on earth begins at home, but a home is at home with you. It begins in you and you must love yourself first. So beautiful. That's the message of our age, I think. That's that's it. That's the big message. That's it. That's it. The world is in this incredible shift from ego to love, Mm -hmm. from, from me to we. (laughs) <laughs> from mind to ours, from, from polarity, from competition to, unity. to cooperation. Yes, yeah. yes yeah. all of that. All of that. Mm. And you're a big part of that shift, honey. <laughs> you are doing your bit for the shift. I'll tell you what, this book is a big book. It's 20 years worth of your story, mm-hmm. but it's filled with the most beautiful, beautiful messages and stories, as Christina well, knows. it's an adventure. It's written like an adventure. That's yeah. why I, I had to put these little sayings throughout that were inspired by mother. They're not her sayings. And those are kind of the little teachings, you know. Those are the things that I had to confront and deal with as I went on my journey. Yeah. Well, she's with you. She's here in the studio. Mother T is in the house. (laughs) (laughs) She is. She was here last week too. I tell you, she's here smiling down saying, good job, darling. Good job. You're doing very well. Thanks, Mother Teresa. She wasn't Italian, actually. You were saying before that she was from... She was Albanian. Albanian. Yes. And she took the name Mother Teresa. Yes, she took that. Her name was Agnes. Agnes. Agnes Bayoksu. Mother Agnes, Mother Teresa. Well, Teresa's like an Italian name. Uh, It means little flower, you know, and she was very moved by the Saint, Saint Teresa. Okay. So that's kind of the path that she took. That's the path. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely show. to be here. I love the songs. Just keep playing those <laughs> love songs. I tell you what, I could talk to you for hours. You've got so much, so much to share. Thanks again, Christina. Mm, and uh, if you want thank to you get a hold of Christina's book, it's uh, published by Hay House. And mm. you can also go to Christina's website, which is christinastevens.co.co. Like to be in the draw to win books from the authors that I interview on ATP Radio? Go to karenswain.com and join our newsletter, Reminders from Home. I give away lots of books and CDs and beautiful music and events if you're in Sydney 
always fabulous events, music events and teaching events and spiritual events. I've got a couple of double passes right now to give away to a subscriber. If you're in Sydney and you'd like to attend the Conscious Living Expo conference on the 21st, 22nd and 23rd of August, subscribe to Reminders from Home on KarenSwain.com and you'll go into the draw to win those double prizes. It's worth $360 for a double pass. So be in it to win it. More of ATP on Soul Traveller Radio coming up after this. <music> 